0: Good morning, it's uh, my privilege to welcome you here as well for those of you who are present and those of you who are online and for those who are going to watch later because you're watching the soccer game, (laughs) shame on you (laughs) because you can record that and watch it later too. Uh, I am not a soccer fan as you may or may not know Uh, but for many of you it is, it's a big thing, it's a world event. This morning, as we uh, gather together, we're going to be continuing on with our series about good news. And if you have a Bible or an app, you want to turn to Luke chapter 1. We're going to be looking at that in a few minutes. In 2010, a major mine collapse happened in northern Chile, trapping, trapping 33 miners 2,300 feet underground. The rescuers didn't know if any of them had survived the collapse. They began the work of digging them out. After 69 days, all 33 miners were safely rescued. Jose Enrique Gonzalez was known as the evangelist because he led so many of the miners to faith in Jesus Christ, those who were trapped. The miners testified to the presence of a 34th person. 19-year-old miner Jimmy Sanchez said, There are actually 34 of us because God has never left us. Down here, I can't imagine what it would be like to be trapped underground, not knowing if you're going to be rescued. Those above ground, not knowing if anybody was left alive. There would have been fear, panic, worry, and those would have been the struggle for those not knowing. Today, we remember that God is a God of peace, that Jesus came as the Prince of Peace, and the message of peace is good news. You and I, hopefully we pray for peace in our world. and We ask for peace in our lives. Peace is the absence of worry, fear, and panic. It is a sense of well-being and calm. As we look around us, as we think about, if you read the news at all, if you pay attention, we live in a world of conflict personal, and global. A world that is struggling with anxiety and fear and worry. Experiencing occasional anxiety is is a normal part of life. However, people with anxiety disorder frequently have intense and excessive and persistent worry and fear just about everyday situations. Often anxiety disorders involve repeated episodes of sudden feelings of intense anxiety and and terror that reach a peak within minutes and are often described as panic attacks. The presence and activity of God is to bring peace. This morning, that's what we celebrate. Some of you who are here this morning may understand what I'm talking about. You may be those who struggle with anxiety or fear or worry. It seems to be a bit of an epidemic in our world today. And so this morning, I want to say this message is for you. This message is for all of us. The presence and activity of God does bring peace. Let's look at Luke chapter 1. As we look at a a particular individual, Zechariah, and as he has a meeting with God, with God's angel and as he deals with some of the fears and anxieties in his world. Luke chapter 1, starting at verse 11. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, Zechariah, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. prepared for the Lord. Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man and my wife is well along in years. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel, I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. Now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens because you do not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. Pray together. Father, as we look into this word and as we invite your Holy Spirit to speak to us through this word, Lord, this morning we just want to open our hearts and our minds to receive from you this word that you have for us. Thank you that you are a living God who brings peace, and I pray that even as we explore this together this morning, that your peace would come for those who need it today. For we pray this in your name. Amen. Well, the first thing I want you to notice about this text, and it's true today, is that God is present. God is present. So often we think God is not with us, that God has abandoned us, that when you look around at our world today, you might say, where is God in our world? And yet I, when I look around and I look into the darkest situations, I see God at work. We have people who are on the ground in Ukraine who are actually bringing hope and help every single day churches and church leaders that live in ukraine that that are struggling through the difficulties of that situation and yet they're saying give us things that we can hand out and so that's what exactly what they're doing through our our ministry of multiply they're bringing supplies in and it's just supporting the work that's taking place god doesn't always show himself with angels like he does in this story but god is watching and is seeing what is happening in our world today God is present with you, and so even when we read in Matthew, Emmanuel, God with us, we are reminded that God is present. And so if you're feeling hopeless this morning, I hope that you can hear this word of encouragement that God is present. He is here, and he hears you. Isaiah wrote in Isaiah 26.3, You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast, Because they trust in you. Perfect peace is possible. and We'll get to that right at the end of the message. Second thing I want you to notice from this passage is that God activates his promises in verses 13 to 17. uh, God begins to speak to Zechariah through the angel and saying this is what's going to take place. This was something that was promised many, many, many years before. That there would be someone who would go before the Savior... And would be in the spirit of the prophet Elijah, and that is going to be John, Zechariah's son. God is listening, and he's listening to the prayers of Elizabeth and of Zechariah. And I wonder at times, as I read the story, if they had already given up. But Zechariah was chosen to go into the throne and to bring the sacrifice into the holy place. And maybe he thought, well, if I'm in this place, maybe in this place, God will hear me. Maybe, just maybe, he'll hear me. And so maybe it was that day that he prayed, Lord, uh, we prayed together over and over for a son. You've never provided that. I'm just, I'm giving up, but I'm going to ask you one more time. And God shows up. He activates his promise, and he gives them a promised son. They will have a son, and he won't just be any son. I mean, every child born is a delight and a joy to the parents, which is described here. But this is going to be a special son with a special assignment, and many will rejoice because of his birth. Why? Because it's starting something that God has already begun from ages past, but all of a sudden it's like the clock is now starting again, and things are going to happen, and good news is going to be proclaimed. The promise of the Old Testament is given here. The promise is that he will begin to bring a people back, a people returning, that God activates this promise of a people returning to him. In verse 17, it talks about turning back to the Lord. People had been waiting this long time. They'd given up hope. They'd maybe even become complacent. For many, they were filled with fear and anxiety. Their world was much like ours, a lot of conflict. They were being ruled by a foreign power. The Lord was following, Jesus was following John. And so this started that activated promises of God. I think about these words that Jesus told his disciples, and he, I remind us of them this morning. Where he says in John 14:27, "Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I not, do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid." God's promises are active. I don't give as the world gives. The world promises us things and then it doesn't deliver. God promises and delivers. Sometimes it's not as fast as we would like. But he always comes through. Do not let your hearts be troubled. God gives peace. And then in John 16, he says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. The expectation of God's activity and peace is seen in these verses. Jesus is telling us that we can have peace even in the midst of trouble. The reading that I was doing this morning, it doesn't say that God takes the trouble away, he takes us through the trouble and he's always with us. So to say, well, I just want my life to be easy, that isn't what Jesus is promising, he's saying there's peace in the midst of trouble. So I want to encourage us to, to remember these promises of God, often we just get discouraged And we forget. And so we need to be reminded and remember and memorize and speak out and live out and focus on these words of Jesus. In verses 18 to 20 of Luke 1, we see God overcomes doubt. Zechariah, like many of us, including me, is skeptical. How can I be sure? And he gives excuses, maybe even reasons. We're old. We're not going to have kids. And maybe in the back of his mind, he had a fleeting thought of Abraham and Sarah who had a son extremely late in life. So the angel says, well, let me overcome your doubt. And he gives him a sign. And the sign is that you will not speak again until your son is born and named. How's that for a sign? God... I want you to give me a sign. Okay, no talking. For somebody who is a leader, a priest, that would be difficult. But he said, here's your sign. And God is saying, I'm giving you this sign, not to punish you, but to overcome your doubt. To be thinking about what is it that God has said to overcome the doubt that we have in our lives. Let me give you three other verses. Psalm 31:15 says, My times are in your hands. Think of the psalmist writing those words. Do you ever come to that place where you just, like you're just you just so discouraged? Can you say, my times are in your hands? As bad as they are, as difficult as they are, as anxious as you feel, you can say, God, my times. This experience right now is in your hands. In Hebrews 12, 15, and it's a verse I go to often where it says, He will never leave me or forsake me. Even when we feel it, the truth is that God is with us, that God is for us. And finally, Jesus said in Matthew 6, 34, Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. To focus in on who God is. Well, let's look at one other passage that speaks of peace. And here, the angels tell the shepherds that God will bring peace to those on whom his favor rests. So, in Luke chapter 2, verse 14, that's the text. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. God gives us good news. This whole series has been about good news. And to me, good news of peace is truly good news for us, that we want to have peace in our lives. Not that we want to just have an easy life, but we want to know a way forward. To have peace that comes through Jesus Christ, the good news. Now practically this morning, how do we develop peace? Richard Foster in his book, Celebration of Discipline, says, in contemporary society, our adversary majors in three things. Noise, hurry, and crowds. If he can engage us in muchness and manyness, he will be satisfied. End of quote. Doesn't that just relate to like sort of our Christmas experience these days? Like this whole idea of hurry and rush and crowds and there's expectations. I don't know about you, but I just, I struggle with the expectations. You know, you're supposed to feel joyful uh, you're supposed to be buying these gifts, and you're supposed to be happy about all this stuff. that's going. And there's times where it's like, you know what, I just don't feel that way. My wife, Brenda, was texting me yesterday, and she was shopping for our grandkids and, and shopping for clothes for them with, with our, other, our single daughter. And, and uh, as they were doing that, she said, I, I, I just feel really sad. And I said, what's, what's that about? She just said, well, it's just all the beautiful things that are out there. So we can have these different emotions, and I actually said, do you just need to sit down and have a good cry? Sometimes that's what we need, right? Like, no, we're going to suck it up. It's like, well, no, actually, God gives us emotions for a reason, and we need to explore those and be open to those in our lives. So in our contemporary society, there's all this hurry and noise and rush, and so how do we come to this place of peace? Well, the Bible teaches us how to come to that place. Now I want to be just really practical this morning with us. So what it comes to, it's, it's called meditation. The Bible speaks about meditation. Now you may say, hold it a minute, you know, Pastor, I'm not sure where you're going with this. Well, meditation is a focus on something. It's not about emptying your mind. It's about opening your mind, you receiving. And so I would suggest to you this morning that the meditation I'm speaking of is meditation that focuses on God. The word meditation is in the Bible, and and it's two words in the Hebrew, and the words describe and mean listening to God's word, reflecting on God's works, rehearsing God's deeds, and ruminating on God's law. All of those things are encompassed in one word, meditation. So let me give you two examples. In Genesis chapter 24, verse 63, it says, and Isaac went out to meditate in the field, in the evening, so what was he doing? He was getting away from the crowds, getting away from the normal, going, getting away just to be away to some place where there just wasn't a whole lot going on. And then in Psalm sixty-three, verse six, the psalmist says, "I think of you often on my bed and meditate on you in the watches of the night." Here's somebody who can't sleep. Anybody here understand that? You know, like wake up in the middle of the night, and you're just like, I cannot sleep. Well, what does the psalmist say to do? Meditate on God, pray. And so the psalmist is telling us he meditates. Let me give you just a very practical thing this morning as we close. I said we would do this earlier. So what I'd like you to do is, as you think about this idea of meditation this morning, I'm going to invite you to actually experience the presence of God. So we can do this in a very practical way. When I am holding on to something... Like, when I'm riding my motorcycle, and I, I usually hold on to the handlebars, it's usually smart to do. There are people who don't, occasionally. But it's good to hold on to them, and there's times where I'm holding on, and maybe even an, I'm going fast or going around a corner, and I'm holding on a bit too tight, and my hand can get sore. But what happens is when I'm holding on, what do I have? It's this, right? And if you're holding on to something, Anything, it's a closed fist. So this morning I'm asking you, what is it that you're holding on to? That God may be asking you to surrender. You're holding on to it, and, and it might be fear, it might be worry over something, it might be anxiety about something, it might be something else. It might just be very practical for you. But this morning, for us to walk into this meditation to experience peace, I want to invite you to do something. So think about that thing that you're holding on to. And I want you very practically just take your hands and open them and put them on your lap open. You can't hold on to anything if your hand's open. So just right now, just open your hands and put them on your lap. And in this moment, I want you just to quietly pray, Lord, I surrender. And whatever it is, Lord, I surrender. Whatever's weighing on your mind, just release it to him. Maybe it's the expectations of this Christmas season. Whatever it is, just say, Lord, I surrender. Now, your hands are down and open you've given your hands are now empty and when your hands are empty you can actually now receive something so what i want you to do now is i actually want you to take your hands and turn them palms up and put them on your lap again and this is a sign of you saying lord i want to receive what you have for me this morning It expresses your desire to receive what God has from Jesus for you. To receive his love for you. To receive peace, joy, patience. The fruit of the Spirit, goodness, kindness, self-control. God wants to give us those things. So just sit with your palms up and just pray. Lord, this is what I need today. Just take a moment. Just spend some time speaking to the Lord. Lord, this is what I need from you today. And just receive it as your palms are up and open. You're saying, Jesus, I receive something from you today. So what I want to encourage you with is as you enter into this week, would you... Would you even just take some time and actually do this exercise a number of times this week? Maybe, maybe you have a time of quietness that you normally spend with the Lord. Would you just take time to say, Lord, what am I hanging on to today that I need to release to you? And maybe it's the day. Maybe you look at your calendar and go, I got these meetings, I got this going on, all these things I have to do. Maybe you just say, Lord, I release that to you, I give it to you. And then take the time to stop and say, Lord, I receive from you, because God wants to give us as we're talking about today, he wants to give us peace in the midst of the busyness of this world. It's a beautiful song that we don't sing anymore, at least I haven't sung it in a long time. It's, the title of it is In the Garden. But there's this phrase that to me just describes what I'm talking about this morning. That describes our relationship with God. And it's, and he walks with me and he talks with me. And he calls me. Calls me, I am his own. What a great phrase. What a great sentence for us just to hang on. He walks with me and he talks with me. That's God saying, I want to I have a relationship with you. I want to be with you. And he says, you're mine. As we close this morning, I'm going to invite you to stand with me. And we're going to pray a prayer that someone else has written. Uh, it's the serenity prayer. Uh, so if you, can, I don't know how, it's, this screen is not on for me, so that's not helping me, so I'm going to have to go here. But I want you just to, we're just going to pray this together, you can look this up later if this is something you want to just sort of begin to explore and pray together, but I just invite you, we're going to read it aloud together, and, uh, and this is our prayer now for ourselves and for our community. Should we pray? so God... Grant me the serenity, the peace to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference, living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardships as the pathway to peace, taking as he did this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it trusting that he will make all things right if I surrender to his will, that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy in him forever in the next. Amen. I invite the worship team to come up this time. Let's pray together. Continue to stand. Father, we thank you that you are the God of peace. And Lord, I pray over each person who may be here who is struggling with worry and anxiety and stress father i pray your peace over them pray that you would grant it we know that you are a god who fulfills your promises as we've learned this morning as we've studied in luke one so father fill us with what we need for this day and the days ahead as we continue to surrender our lives to you and receive from you what you have for us each day for we pray this in your name jesus amen